This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hyde. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here with us today. I am just so excited about the marathon project this past weekend that I've got a couple more post-race interviews here for you. Today, you're listening to episode 293, and I'm talking with Kira D'Amato. Kira finished second at the marathon project in a time of 2.22.56, which was a massive PR for her. And she has been on fire this year, on fire. If you've been following running news at all, you'll know that because she keeps popping up everywhere. She shattered the women's American record in the 10-mile road race, finishing that in 51 minutes and 23 seconds. She's run a 15.04 5K, and she also ran a 68.57 half this year. So Kira is one to be watching. She has been one to be watching. And what you'll hear in this interview is she is putting down times that she knows she's known she's had in her this whole time. She talks about that in this episode and it's really exciting to hear. Kira finished 15th at the Olympic trials this past year. And while that is an impressive place and her time of 234 was super impressive, you'll find out that she knew she had a lot more in her. And so we get to hear about that in this episode. It's so exciting. Um, If you haven't been following Kira's story at all, Uh, There's so much more to it than this that I won't get into in this intro, but make sure you go listen to my first episode with her, which we recorded around a year ago. It's episode 216. And then Kira also came back on the podcast when I was doing those fun Friday episodes, right when the whole quarantine situation started with the pandemic. She was episode 244 there. And for those of you who support the show on Patreon, Kira was kind enough to stay on for an extra 10 or so minutes for you supporters over there. So so to get that extended conversation, those who support Patreon at $5 or more a month get the access to those extended conversations that I occasionally have with guests on the show. Um, as well as those occasional episodes, you also get two monthly bonus episodes, one with my husband, Glenn, and one with my friend and the host of the Up and Running podcast, Lauren Flores. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Lily Trotters. This is my favorite compression sock. They are so cute. They're so comfortable. They're functional. And this is a woman-owned business who has been supporting my little podcast here for four years now. I'm so grateful for their partnership and I so believe in the work they do. And I also believe in how well their compression socks work. I can't say enough good things about Lily Trotters. So when you go to lilytrotters.com, you use the code ANOTHER, you can get 25% off your order. That's lilytrotters.com. Use the code ANOTHER for 25% off your order. All right, enjoy my conversation with Kira D'Amato. Welcome to the show, Kira. So today on the podcast, we have Kira D'Amato on the show. So excited to have you back on. Welcome back, Kira. Thanks, Lindsay. It's uh, it's fun to be back. I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while, so it's nice to catch up. So big day on Sunday at the Marathon <laughs> Project. Congratulations. 
Thank you. Yeah, that was, uh, I've been telling people too, it was a good day to have a good day. Oh my goodness. I, there's so much to talk about. Um, I first just want to say, you know, when we first had our very first conversation, what do you think it was like a year ago or something like that? I think it was like almost exactly a year. Cause wasn't it right before the new year? Like I'm pretty sure it was exactly a year ago. Yeah, it was definitely before the trials. I know that. And one of the most distinct parts of the conversation I remember is you talking about wanting to beat your husband's um, <laughs> marathon time. And I mean, I think it's safe to say from the first 5K of, of the marathon project, we kind of knew that was going to be crushed, huh? Yeah, that was a really big win for me in particular. And I've replaced like, you know, his PR on on the mantle. And now I have the family (laughs) PR, which is uh, a real big deal. I've tried now the last three marathons. That has been my goal going into it. And one day I didn't have a great day and at the trials. I think the course and everything, the conditions were kind of stacked against me. But like it happened this weekend and I'm pretty (laughs) darn pumped about that. Yeah, you know, seeing what you did on Sunday, the 222, it's kind of crazy looking back to the trials because, I mean, I remember talking to you afterwards. Um, I think we talked when we did one of those Fun Friday episodes, you know, Mm -hmm. um, when you came on and made everybody laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think I realized that you were that disappointed with your day at the trials because you still placed 15th. You still had a a great time on that course. But now that we see what you're actually really capable of, I think people are going to look back and think, Oh, what was the trials for Kira? Yeah, that's, um, it's, it's really interesting that you, you say that because it's hard to articulate that, you could be disappointed with a PR in 15th and at the trials. And it, like, I felt guilty and a little silly for it. Like, I just felt like I couldn't really say that out loud because, but like this whole time I've been very driven and I've known where I've, where I'm going and the workouts had showed that, you know, I was, you know, ideally wanted to run faster than that on that day. And it just did not click for me. But, um, yeah, no, I appreciate you saying that. So tell us about the marathon project. I, I read some articles going into it and people were had you kind of favored to be up there with Sarah and Kellen. Um, when you started the race, did you know, like, I'm going out with the lead? Yeah, like I knew they made it very clear what the pace groups were. And we knew that there was a pacer going to go at a sub American record pace. And then the next pace group was at 223. Mm -hmm. And I felt really comfortable with that 223 group. All of my workouts and everything that I've done over the last six months, as far as like long runs and long tempos have suggested I'm in under 530 shape for the marathon per mile for the marathon. So I felt really excited, but also a little terrified at the same time, because 26.2 miles is a really long way. And a lot can happen between point A and point B. And, you know, any given day, anything can pop up and happen. So there's just a bit of the, you know, just the bit that's out of control, out of your control, that just seems a little nerve wracking. But, you know, I just try to stick to what I do 
every day. I ate the same meals in the two days leading up to the race that I have pretty much every other day of my life. And, you know, I treated it like a glorified workout just to make sure that I stayed in my routine and just stick with what I know. Um, so I think that really helped just keep everything consistent to control as many of the factors as possible. But, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild, like to hear my name included up with those names that you just mentioned. Like, I, I feel like I belong on one hand, but the other side of me is like, how would you loop my name in with theirs? Like, that's a little surreal of this whole thing. Well, I mean, to be completely honest, the first time I interviewed you, I think that was when you had ran, Gosh, what was it? Two thirty-five. What had you run in Berlin? Two two thirty-four. Two. Did I say two twenty-five? No, you said two thirty. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a couple seconds under two thirty-five. Okay. So I should just let you roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> that was me being a jerk. Yeah. No, my brain was my brain's fogging. I was like, maybe I said two twenty-five. No. Yeah. So you had run that two thirty-four in Berlin when we first talked, and honestly, like seeing what you've done since then, I kind of feel like an ass because I remember the first time we talked, I was thinking she is so good, but like, there's this gap, you know, 235 to like those girls running, women running 223, 224. That's a big gap. And yeah, it, it is a big gap. And I didn't, I mean, I, you never came off like a jerk. And like, I I don't know, I never took offense to that. Because like, I knew I had a lot of work to do and a lot of progress to make. So that never I never took offense to that. So please don't I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Well, I know that you Kira would never think that. But looking back and like, thinking of all that's happened, I'm like, Oh, my gosh, this whole time Kira was probably like, you guys all just wait, like you just wait, because I know what I I can feel what I'm capable of. Have you felt that the whole time? Yeah, this whole time, I feel like I've had this giant secret. And training's been going really well. And it's taken me a little bit longer to nail a marathon and to have some of these breakthrough performances. But yeah, I've seen what I've done day in and day out. And um, I've had a pretty spectacular 18 months of really uninterrupted training that's progressed really, really great. And that's on top of, you know, a couple of years before that. But so I've kind of known where I was and where I'm going, but it never offends me that other people don't, <laughs> you know, how would, how would they know until I go out and do it in a race? So yeah, that's, it's cool. I'm good. That's so awesome. It's so cool to think of you like having this like burning secret inside, like, oh my gosh, I know what I have to unleash with this work that I've done. Yeah. And, you know, it takes a lot of the pressure off, right? Like, no, like my name wasn't really in the conversation for a really long time. So I didn't feel any pressure. Like I felt like it was made it so easy for me to keep this journey is a very personal internal journey to see how fast Kira can run. And, you know, I didn't have all the noise. And I kind of appreciated that because I've been able to do it my way and just, you know, figure out things and just make small steps at a time. So um, I think that really has really helped me a lot. And, um, and yeah, so I, you know, I'm, everything happened the way it was supposed to happen. I kind of feel like that. Yeah. Okay. So after the trials, you, you take like lower your mileage a little bit, increase the intensity. And then from there, you know, we don't know the marathon project is happening yet, but what are your, what are your thoughts and goals for the year going into all this? Yeah. So my coach and I, we alternate between, um, 
we kind of go in like four cycles per year and it starts with like a speed cycle and then it plays off of that and goes into strength. And so we kind of alternate that and you do a, we do a long hard effort or a marathon at the end of the strength session. So right after the trials, we switched and we started the speed working on getting me running faster and feeling comfortable running faster. Um, going into the trials, I was doing mild repeats probably starting around five minutes and ending around 450 or so. And then right after the trials, we started with speed and got me really comfortable running like sub 450. So by the end of this training session, being able to run a lot faster, it was comfortable to run faster for longer. And this training cycle, I did the mile repeats and I started at 450 and broke it down to 436. So, so yeah, so I got, you know, having that alternating the speed and strength, I think it keeps it fresh. It keeps it really fun. It keeps it really manageable and not monotonous with just like all the miles. But then it's just really powerful because when I can go out and run a mile that fast thinking that, you know, I ended my mile repeats at 436. So going out and running for 527, you know, that's a big difference. Um, and so I felt really confident that I could get really relaxed yeah. in that 520s range and feel really strong and, you know, as relaxed as possible. So that gave me a little, con- a lot of confidence going in. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If you really think about the 436 to 527, like that's a big, big difference. Right. Um, so you're running in the race, you're running with Kellen and you've got your pacers. Um, at what point do you, uh, realize Kellen's going to take off for a little bit? Yeah, it was pretty quick at the well, beginning. Kellen and Sarah, I guess. Yeah, pretty, pretty quick. I'd say within 400 meters, they made it pretty clear that they were mm. going off with those lead pacers. And I was like, so pumped. Like seeing, like we knew Sarah was going to go out at that, but seeing Kellen just take a risk and put herself out there and just like pedal to the metal in the race. It got me so jazzed up and so proud of like American distance running that that really got me in a good spot. Just seeing like they're going out there, they're putting it all on the line. They're seeing what they can do. Like I'm going to do the same, you know? So it was really, really inspiring to see that. And they looked so unbelievably smooth. There were so many U-turns in that race. You got to, you know, see, everyone else in the race and just seeing Sarah and Kellen, they just looked so in control at that pace. It was really cool to watch that. So then you had Steph and you had Emma Bates with you for a little while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then once you, once it's you and just the pacers, it's so cool, Kira, because we got to see this live and there were so many good shots on you and you were literally, I saw you smiling. I saw you kind of like, I, at one point you like pointed your arm out at someone. I don't know. It might've been your coach. I don't know who you saw, but I mean, it's just like so cool to see you in your element, like clearly working so hard, but also, I mean, I don't know what the inside of you was feeling like, but to me and to everyone else, it felt like you were celebrating. Yeah, I do. And I think you nailed it. Like I run better when I'm having fun. And so like going into this race, like my coach and my husband, my husband was out there with me. So he was the one yelling like silly stuff at me the whole race. (laughs) I apologize to Ben, Bruce and Nick Willis, which are the two pacers. I'm like, my husband is probably going to yell some (laughs) weird stuff during this race. Like, please, like, don't mind him. And, you know, he was yelling stuff like hang loose and, you know, just I don't know. I don't even want to get into all the stuff. But 
And like we, I would, it was just cracking me up, but he was doing that. Like it, it was encouraging, but it also just like reminded me like, this is, this is, that's funny. Like this is like, who says that? That was your plan, party? right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that really helped me just stay loose and to make sure I was just focused on having fun and just showing that like cure personality. And, you know, with my kids, they weren't able to come out. So I do that. I love you sign. That's like our little mm. sign that we do. So if I ever get a chance to send them a picture or like if the camera, I ever thought, well, maybe the camera's on me. I'll try to do the I love you sign to like Tommy and Quinn so they know that I'm thinking of them and that I miss them and that, you know, it's it's hard being a mom, being away. It feels very selfish. So just to, you know, kind of keep them in my heart and make them know I was still thinking about them, even though I wasn't with them was uh, was important. It was important to me. But yeah, it was um, it was a fun day. Yeah, I saw you and Ben kind of tweeting and he said something about what your husband was yelling. And so I was curious. I'm like, I wonder what he was actually saying. Yeah. Okay. So this he didn't actually say, but I was worried he was going to say, have you seen <laughs> The Marvelous Miss Maisel? Yes. Okay. That's like one of our favorite shows. So We've watched it. It's so funny. But right before she goes on stage, her manager always yells tits up. Oh, right. So that's what he's been like, kind of like, kind of not threatening but kind of joking around <laughs> that he should yell that during a race so that's what I was telling Ben and Nick I'm like listen if my husband yells tits up I'm sorry like <laughs> it's all from like it's all from the marvelous Miss Maisel because that's just encouraging you know in, in his mind too it's like you know shoulders relax stand uh-huh. tall be proud you know so that's kind of his but so I was really worried that he was going to say that but he had enough sense that I'm not to say it since there were crammers and everything around that would have been really bad I probably shouldn't even share that out no, loud you should have that's Amazing. And that show, if you guys listening have not seen The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, you need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so funny. It's my sense of humor. I am like rolling on the floor laughing at that show. It's one of my favorite shows all time. That's a really good one. Well, speaking of tits up, you did you do kind of run with like your shoulders up. Like you kind of run like upright and you look really comfortable. Tell us about that. Uh I don't really know why I do that but I think especially when I get a little tense or I'm like trying to like stay focused or something naturally my shoulders just raise Mm -hmm. and I don't know what that is but like in practice and that's one thing that I always remind myself probably a hundred times each time I'm running is just shoulders relaxed stay stay tall but stay relaxed so I don't know it's just naturally what my body does but especially when I get really tired my shoulders get really high so that's a really (laughs) if I can't lower them you know I'm in the struggle bus but I mean it clearly worked (laughs) I know. (laughs) I guess it's working. Yeah. So man, five, like you did not sway from your pace one way or the other, the entire marathon. I mean, you went up and down by one second per, you know, either way. And that's it. I would like to take all credit for that because that's a really like, that's a really big compliment to a runner. But I'm going to say it was 100% all Nick Willis and Ben Bruce. They were so metronomically, is that a word? Metronomically? Yeah. Just so, <laughs> so smooth that it made it really easy for me just to lock in behind them. There was no surges. There was no, I don't know, swerving. They were just so smooth. I have to say, too, like I, to to be a pacer in a race is really selfless, you know, mm-hmm. because you don't get too many of those long efforts. So especially in a marathon, like kind of donating your time and your effort and your energy to pacing other people is very selfless. So I was just appreciative 
that they volunteered to start. But also like Ben Bruce was in a pretty like, you know, a unique situation having his wife in the pack. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I I felt confident in him that no matter what happened, he was going to run that pace. Um, But like at one point she had to stop at the beginning and, and use the restroom. So like I overheard Nick and Ben's conversation and Ben was like, well, you know, maybe I'll go with her. And Nick was like, well, I have to, I have to pee anyway. So I'll stop and I'll get her and we'll catch back up. And so that's when it kind of all broke apart. But like for Ben as like a husband and a supporter and a runner and just Stephanie's biggest fan, like I can't imagine how heart wrenching that is. And for him to be so like strong and loyal to his word about the pacing duties, just to keep on going. Like I, have so much respect for the Bruce's just for like having a game plan. And I think it says a lot about their family and their dynamics and their trust and just the people they are that even when she didn't have the day she was hoping for, like he stuck to his word and helped her competitors to have a day that they were hoping to have. So I just, I can't even tell you how much gratitude I have for Ben Bruce, for Stephanie Bruce, for that whole Bruce family. Their kids were out there cheering for them and they are like the two cutest kids in the world. So it, it was, um, you know, it was like tearing in my heart a little bit too, because Mm -hmm. then Ben would ask like, how's Steph doing? Or, you Mm -hmm. know, at first when she came back in before she started having the planner issues, he was still, you know, cheering for her and giving her tips and just supporting her. And then when we didn't see her that time, you know, him doing the research to figure out what happened and making sure she was okay. It was really just like heartwarming just to see their love and support of each other. So that was, I mean, I feel bad that I put him in that kind of position, but you know, I guess, you know, that's what they sign up for. To do. But it was cool. It was, you know, I gained a lot of respects for the Bruce's this weekend. Oh, what a wonderful family on so many levels. Yeah. And he has proven time and time again that like, if you want to be with a legit pacer for a marathon, you get buddied up with Ben Bruce. I know. I know. I mean, yeah. His like, I think he posted his Strava and his splits for the five K's were no more than six seconds different for the whole race. It's wild. I mean, that's in a league of their own as far as like, like just pacing duties. Like that is just unreal. So did you even look at your watch ever? Like, were you just totally like, I'm just doing what he does and knowing that this is going to get me in right around three two twenty three. Yeah, I never looked at my watch. Never. So I had it. I at, at like I want to say maybe around like twenty four. I maybe looked down, and then at like twenty five and a half, I looked down at my watch just to see where I was, and like you know to see if there was like carrot to really you know because you're tired, you know. So I was looking for like, oh, do I need to pick it up really? And then I'm like, oh man, I have a chance of breaking two twenty three. So that's when I was started like trying to pick it up. But mm. um, yeah, I didn't even need to. I tried just to kind of zone out and stay relaxed and. It's funny because since it's a six loop course, you know pretty much where you are at all times, but at the same time, you have no idea what mile you're at because there's mile signs every other like half mile it felt like. So I didn't really know where I was other than what loop I was on. And every time we came up to a new loop, like we started, I'm like six laps to go and then five laps to go. And then finally being able to say one lap to go, it's like, thank goodness this race is almost done because I'm getting very tired. Remind me, how many miles is each loop? Uh, I was like 4.25 or 4.5. It was, um, okay. yeah. 
and they did they did a really good job. Here's a funny story. Yeah. The um the course certifier who came out, David Katz, is a very like world renowned like like race course designer, measurer, course certifier. He's he's done he's doing like the Tokyo Olympic marathon. He did Rio. He did London. Like pretty much any sort of big race. He's been the one to be like boots on ground to get it certified and make sure it's record eligible and to, you know, work that all out. So he was out all week making sure that it was certified and record eligible for those going after like their American record. And um, I ran into him. I was grabbing breakfast and I saw him. So we briefly chatted and uh, he was asking me like what my plans were. And I was like, well, I'm going to go with the 223 group. And he like kind of he's like, wow, you're crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> yep, just a little crazy. And he goes, remember this number, 227.22. That's what I predict you'll run. Oh. So I told him, well, David, like, I hope to, I'm going to go prove you wrong. And he's like, I would be the happiest person in the world if he did. <laughs> so all during that race, I had that chip on my shoulder. Like, I need to run faster than 227. And sure enough, pretty much as soon as I crossed the line, he came up and said, I told you I'd be the happiest person in the world for you. You proved me wrong. And you did it. So that that helped. But that was kind of funny. That was like sitting on uh, that was a chip on my shoulder. Oh, for that whole- my gosh. Well, and yeah, I mean, the crazy thing is, is like 227, 22 would be a huge PR and a great time. <laughs> but you yeah. knew that your body could do those sub 530s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, You looked so strong. And, you know, I know different runners look more labored than others depending you know just like Sarah Hall has kind of like a labored look in how she runs but you knew that she was running tough the whole time everybody looks a little different from the outside looking in you looked like you could have ran another mile tell us how you really felt I think I felt pretty smooth I mean towards the end like I was just ready to be done running because that's just a really long time to be running. And there were moments where I'm like, man, like this would have been nice if it was a 10K or a 10 mile (laughs) or a half marathon or a 20 mile. But um, I felt really good. And I think in Ben's pacing and being able to negative split that race, I think I ran it really strong. I never like went into that well. I never hit the wall, which is like, I've hit the hardest walls running a marathon. So it felt like so magical (laughs) to not Mm. experience that wall for once. But um, yeah, I do like it gives me a lot of confidence that there's a lot of room to grow in the marathon. I think that I can, you know, with, you know, more work and everything. But I think I in the very near future can attempt a time much faster than I ran. And, um, you know, I think this was a really, really great stepping stone, but I think there's still room to grow. And I hate to even ask this because it's like, you should be so sitting in this accomplishment, but seeing Sarah go after that American record and now knowing that you're like the seventh, is it the seventh fastest? Is that it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Seventh fastest all-time American woman to run a marathon. Like, do you have that desire to go after the American record? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I don't think I'm there right now. And I think if I were to have gone out with Sarah in that race, I don't know what what happened. I don't think I'm an American record shape as of last weekend. Mm. 
but I do think I'm progressing really well. I'm learning more about running and racing and marathon running and training. And, you know, I have such an amazing coach in my corner of Scott Roscoe. And, um, you know, we talked afterwards and we were kind of like, that was really good. But there, you know, we just are scratching the surface. Uh. I think, I think, you know, next, next spring and going into the summer, it's all going to be focused on track. But then, you know, in the fall and going forward, I think that there is going to be a really fun chance to really, um, yeah, do some damage to, to the time that I ran last it's weekend. So exciting. Are you excited? Or do you feel so excited? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's just it's wild. It, it's funny, too. Like, and I remember saying this the first time we talked, but like, it's I say all of this, but it's like, I kind of laugh as it's coming out because I really truly believe it. But I also know how crazy it must sound for everybody else. So it's, um, yeah, it's just I don't know. I don't even know what else to say. But yeah, it's, it's been a wild ride. Kira, it doesn't sound crazy anymore. It really, there's <laughs> nothing about it sounds crazy. I mean, we're all just so excited. So obviously, you're going to go get on the track and try to make the Olympic team and either the 5K or the 10K. Uh, mm-hmm. My thoughts say 10K, but you tell me, what do you think? You know, we'll see how the spring um, progresses. I I think the 10 K is probably going to be my strongest event, but I also like, I was a miler in high school and Mm -hmm. college. Like I have a lot of speed that I haven't shown. And I think I've shown it a little bit. My, um, a guy that I work out with, Silas France, he um, he's starting to see it because I try to outkick him at the end of every workout. So I really make him work. I haven't done it yet. I haven't been able to outkick him. But he uh, he's been yeah he's been seeing that progression and the speed like develop and kind of come back to me. So I think that I have a lot of a lot of growth potential in the five k too. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how this, this spring goes and we'll see, I mean, my main goal is to make an Olympic team. So if that, if I think that's going to be the 5k, I'm going to do that. If I think it's a 10k, I'll do that. If I think that I'm going to do both. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens and we won't really know till we get there, but I think both are, um, really exciting possibilities. 5k, 10k, marathon, half marathon, wait, 5k, 10k, 10 miler, half marathon, marathon, you have to run one of those races for the rest of your life. Which one do you choose? Oh, man. You know, like, ah, oh, that's really tough. Are you okay on time? We're like kind of going over the 20 yeah, minutes. I no, 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 I'm totally good. Yeah. Okay. I, um, my first reaction is to say the 5k because that's the shortest, <laughs> and the least amount of time that I have to be running as fast as I can. But like, I've kind of found that like, there's like a certain amount of pain that you can experience in a race and it's either spread out among 26.2 miles, which is, you know, really exhausting to experience pain for that long. And the 5k, it's all like shoved into like a short, you know, whatever, 12 and a half laps around the track. But I don't know, but I'm really proud. And I think it goes, it shows a lot of credit to Scott Roscoe that like I feel very comfortable in anything from the 5k to the marathon. Like I feel like I've become a pretty versatile runner and I think that's largely because of his, like his training and, and I have a lot of fun with all the different events. So I don't know, that would be really hard. I don't know. I, I can't, I'm going to like plead the fifth on that answer. I can't choose. It's like choosing between children, Lindsay. Don't make me do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always say, 
you have a favorite, different favorite child on different days. So <laughs> that's okay. I'll go with that answer. So different race on different days, but, but that was a cool thing. Like standing on the starting line Sunday, I felt really powerful that you could have told me on the starting line, this is a 5k race or a 10 miler or a marathon. And I would have PR'd mm. that day. So like it gave me so much confidence that I had this like if you would have said never mind the closest close only doing a 5k I would have crushed a 5k that day you know and like I'm glad it was a marathon and I finally got to like set that record straight with with that distance but um it's um just a credit to my coach how he's trained me to be such a versatile runner So when you ran the 68:57 you ran the 10 mile American record did those races were those indicators for you? I mean, this seems kind of obvious, but like when you hit those goals, did that give you the um, confidence that you could go try to run that 220? Uh, you ran, you broke 223, but run 223 range. Yeah, yeah, I definitely did. Every race that I've done this season made me more confident. It showed everything and the training is moving in the right direction. And it's like a little snippet of where you're at. So just seeing that progression and how I felt and in those races, I mean, it gave me so much confidence standing on the starting line on Sunday. Do you feel like you belong? Um, That's really good. I think by the fact that I couldn't just say yes, it's not quite a yes. Um, I feel like I'm going to be here. I'm not going anywhere, but there is a part of me that definitely feels like an intruder or like a little bit of a disruptor in the sport right mm. now. Um, but I don't know, like I'm going to, I feel like I need to keep proving I belong, I guess is how I'm going to answer that. Man. Okay. So now what, as far as like sponsorships go, you've been running with rabbit, but I know that's not like a full sponsorship. So what are you thinking? Are people knocking at the door? Are you going to knock at other people's doors? Yeah, I've had, um, you know, we're, we're looking over, a, you know, some things right now, but it was really tough for me to think about a change in the middle of a season. Like this last fall, I've raced every like 10 days to two weeks and just, I, I you know, I've, oops, sorry, I've run in the same shoes and done the same thing for the last four years. And I know so I just didn't want to rock the boat in the middle of a season. So I feel like now that there are no races for me for now a few months, probably or a couple months, whatever, I'll have the time to really like be thoughtful about the decision. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I'm, you know, real excited for that right partner. And it really means a lot to me to pick pick that right partner too. And I'm sure just as a brand would be looking at me to make sure that I fit with them. I really want to make sure that I believe in the company values and what they represent and how they are in the running community. So, um, that's, that's really important for me. Wow. What shoes have you been running in Kira? Um, well, up through this year, I've always trained in the Nike zoom fly is my trainer shoe. And then I've raced in the Nike next percent. Um, but I've been trying some other shoes and some other brands, all comparable, and I really, really like what I've been trying. So um, I think now that I'm not like in the middle of a season, that's going to be fun to explore. Um, all right, Kira. Well, we are just so pumped for you and proud of you. You belong like no. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm so excited to see how far you've come and since that very first time we talked. So congratulations. 
Thank you. I'm doing like the raise the roof thing right now. <laughs> you can't really see because this is all audio, but just visualize me raising the roof. Uh, friends, Kira's going to stay on for an extra 10 minutes for our Patreon supporters. So um, if you want a little bit more details from her, make sure you go check that out. Patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine. Thank you so much, Kira. You are so welcome. And uh, thank you for having me. All right, friends. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Kira, for coming on the show. So excited for your career. You guys can find Kira on social media. She is Kira D'Amato over there. And reach out to her. Let her know what you thought of this episode. Send her a congratulations. So exciting to see what is in store for Kira. You can find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter at lindsayhine and you can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. This podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network. We also have the Up and Running Podcast with Lauren and Abby. Why is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine? That's a parenting podcast and the Illuminate Podcast. Make sure you check out those shows and you can find more information about Sandy Boy Productions on our Instagram page, Sandy Boy Productions. Thank you so much for being here today and stay tuned for an episode with Noah Drotty.